We're here to inspire, inform, and connect entrepreneurs and high achievers. Welcome to Results Radio with the number one results coach in the country, Sean Shuchuk. Sean is as focused on your results as you are. Visit our website at www.yourresultsradio.com and take advantage of the free tips and gifts. Plus, get your copy of the best-selling results journal developed by the number one results coach in the country. With you in mind, it is the most powerful achievement tool used by high achievers today. Here is the host of Results Radio, Sean Shuchuk. This is Results Radio, and I'm your host, Sean Chuchak. Welcome back. You know, it's been an interesting couple of weeks since the last time we, uh, we did, a, did a show, and I've been away on holidays with my family. One of the things that's come up, and I received a lot of requests over the course of the last, well, I guess, two or two and a half weeks, is about how business is moving forward or changing in this new world that we now find ourselves a part of. And there are people that are focused on the wrong thing, as you know, and we've talked about this in the past. There are people that are focused on the problems uh, rather than solutions. Uh, There are people that have given up, and there are people that have found uh, solutions. Remember, the bigger the problems you can solve, the more you're worth. As always, we have incredible guests. Today is absolutely no exception. I'm really ecstatic about who's joining me on the show today. But before we get there, if you haven't done so yet, go to our, sh- to our website at yourresultsradio.com. Get yourself a copy of the Results Journal. It was designed with you in mind to help you accomplish more and do it in less time. Listen, if you're out there today and you're in business, every business has at minimum one thing in common your sales organization. If you aren't selling, if you aren't pitching, if you don't have clients, you aren't in business. So today we're going to talk about that. My guest today is somebody that, I'm going to tell you something, this individual, she kicks ass. She goes out and she makes things happen. She creates things out of nothing. She's been on television. She's pitched. She's sold. She's a rock star. And I'm really happy that she joined today. She calls herself the $2.5 billion host. Forbes Riley, thank you for joining me on Results Radio. Hey, hey, Mr. Sean, that's a beautiful intro. Thank you. Yeah. It's off the cuff, right? You got to go. <laughs> I think it's better. Well, I'll tell you what I learned that from being on home shopping for decades, where you don't want to talk about what the product is and belabor the point until you know what it does for you. Come on, features sell, but I will tell you, benefits sell like crazy, and that's what we're about here. So tell me about you. What are you up to? What are you passionate about? You've always got your fingers on a lot of things. You speak to people all over the world. Things have changed a little bit, obviously, since COVID hit us a few months back, back in March. What are you up to? What are you doing? For people who don't know me, most of my life I've spent on television. Actually, since I was 16 years old when I won a national beauty pageant, and I wasn't that beautiful. That was the crazy thing. But I, I wanted it more than... No, actually, it's a very true story. People say you've got a face for radio. I grew up and I had a shat. I broke my nose when I was eight years old and I got hit by a baseball bat. And I had braces, full set of braces, frizzy hair, and I was overweight. And I was really not attractive, okay? And I had big, frizzy hair. And, and then I was really smart. And I've come to find out that was the reason I was weirdly lonely. I was the goofy kid that you just didn't talk to in school. We think we all saw Breakfast Club. I was the woman wearing black. So what happened was my dad was in a very bad uh, accident. He was an industrial accident, and he ended up spending three years in the hospital. Because of that, we were broke. I learned a lot about what it means to live on love and not much else. And at one point, my mom said, look, 
you're really smart, you graduated in school uh, early, and we have no money for college, I'm really sorry, but there's this pageant. And she, then she said to me, hey, but mom, she said, don't worry, it's not a beauty pageant. I'm like, thanks, mom. She said, but it is on TV with Bob Hope, and my dad's, luckily, my dad's doctor overheard this, and he said, I'm going to fix her nose. And he did, and the braces came off, and the hair got cut, and I lost a little bit of weight, and I will tell you, I wanted it so bad. I wanted to prove to my dad that we could make this as a family. And that, honestly, that thought, although it wasn't very conscious at the time, it got as far as I did. And so one of the things I teach people today, and I've always believed, is that you need to understand what you want and really identify what that is. And I mess with people all the time. John, I can tell you what people are going to say. What do you want? I want financial freedom. I got a solution for that. Go get a cardboard box and live under a bridge. You're completely financially free. No bills, no light bills, no phone bills. That's not what you want. What I've created is how you create an amazing life out of nothing. I was never given anything. I didn't marry anybody or sleep with the right people. In fact, I used to joke around saying I slept my way to the middle. But I have this amazing career. Like literally, I helped create the concept of infomercials. I've hosted 189 of them and grossed a little over $2.5 billion. I was there when cable TV was born. In fact, I was the one, if you go to YouTube, that's where a great place to find who I am and spend some time doing that. So one of the things I talked about getting what you want, I was married and did that whole thing and it was fine, but it wasn't quite enough. And I had this little kind of running joke. I said, well, what do you want in, your, in the man you're looking for? I said, I want someone to look like he walked off the cover of a romance novel. John, I don't know if you've seen Joshua Self, but he is what Captain America dreams he would look like. And we actually met after I literally worked out all the things that I wanted. I didn't go on Tinder, didn't go to a bar, but in fact, he knocked on a hotel room door because I have a fitness product that I created to be one of my models. And it was as if literally Prince Charming walked into my life, swept me off my feet, and it's been four years, and it's been fascinating that at my age, I'm just turned 60. He's 17 years younger. He is sweet and attentive, and if you think he's gorgeous on the outside, he's even sweeter and more gorgeous on the inside. And this man actually taught me to love. And so in the last couple of years, my business has exploded because I honestly, what I wanted was to make a difference. I wanted to matter. I wanted to have people tell me that I inspired them. And I also had to raise two children. I've got two 17-year-olds. And I said to myself, when they're about ready to leave home, that's when I will seriously hunker down and commit to changing other people's lives the way I know I can. They are 17 because it takes a sacrifice. I sacrificed a lot just to you know, have a wonderful career, and I just loved it, and it was wonderful. But it wasn't as giving as I know life should be for me. And I learned that lesson very early on. I am all about experiences. I've traveled the world on my own. First time I did it for six months with a backpack and a Walkman. I actually walked in and told Club Med that they need to use me, not hire me. I've never had a job. But I was 26. I'd just been to Club Med, and I walked into the New York City office, and I said, can I talk to the vice president? They said, why? I said, because you, you, one of your clubs needs help. And they're like, excuse me? I said, yeah, I said, you guys have this French sensibility, and it doesn't work on stage, and I want to help you guys. Who does that with a company? <laughs> I didn't even know there were rules. I have been the back You know, I, I love this because it, I don't need to be here. For, for Results Radio, for our family, for our listeners around the world, I want to share that with you. It's rare that I can do a show where I don't even have to, uh, I don't have to interview. So I love this. But you said something really interesting to me that I want to zone in on or I want to zoom in on. You talked about what people want and what they say when you ask the question. There's one question I've asked on stage all over North America and beyond for the last couple of decades. I've been on stage thousands of times. And one of the things I ask, every audience is, what is it that you really want? 
And so I get it. And the, one of the interesting things that a vast majority of the time I do get, besides the whatever freedom or whatever the, the buzzwords are that people use, a lot of people don't know when they say, I want, uh, I don't want, I don't want to go through a divorce. I don't want to go bankrupt. I don't want, I don't want. And what's really interesting is, and you know this for a while, when you focus on what you don't want, you're probably going to get more of that. So it's really interesting what you raise. I like that. Tell me something. You interact with people all over. You talk to people. You speak from stage. You're on TV. What do you say to those people out there right now, especially with what's going on around the world today, something that none of us on the planet today have ever experienced? What do you say to those people that say, it's all over? Okay. Well, it's funny. I raised a beautiful boy from South Central, very black. I'm very white for 12 years of my life. Every weekend, every holiday, Dexter was in our lives and lived at the house for a while. And right after I gave birth to my twin, six months later, Dex was walking home. He was 19 years old from a haircut to church, and he was murdered. He was shot dead by a kid who grew up a block away from him who had no mentor like Dexter did, and he was left to die on the ground. There was a moment there where I thought everything has to be over. When both my parents died at age 70, within a year of each other, my absolute best friends in this world, I thought my world was over. Months later, actually a month later, after my mom died, 9-11 happened. My brother-in-law, who's a New York City fireman, didn't go to work that day, but we lost all nine guys from the firehouse when the second building came down. I didn't get on Flight United 93. I thought the world was over. Two years ago, Joshua and I stood in the foundation room. We'd just gone to a Grant Cardone party, and rather than go down and play poker with the guys, we went out to the balcony to take pictures, and a minute and a half later, we hear pop. And we are eyewitnesses to Las Vegas shooting, and I witnessed 55 people die on the right side being killed by a guy I saw on the left side. And I had it all on my phone. I thought my world was over. At one point, because of stress, I was in the New York City hospital, and I had a kidney stone. By the time they got it, it was already septic, and I was dying. I had no blood pressure. My world was definitely over. And I remember looking up to God or whoever you want to believe in and said, look, if I can get through this, I promise that I will do everything I can to make life a little nicer for people in this world around me and help in whatever way I can. I'm still, I'm still here, so I have an agreement that doesn't get to be broken. It's not over till it's over. When life is over, 20 minutes after you're dead, then you don't get to come back. But until that time, I just talked to Frank Shankowitz from Make-A-Wish Foundation. When he started that company that gives wishes to 450,000 people, he was hit by a motorcycle. He was his partner. He was declared dead until a nurse who ended up marrying, by the way, brought him back to life. It's not over till it's over. It's different, but life is always different. What you want to do is you want to go, wait a second, what do I want? Now is a great time to go do nothing, go to live on the beach somewhere. You can run away from everything. Or my kids are going into high school like, mom, this is a weird high school. I know, I know. But it's always been different. Stop. It was different in the, in the 1940s when you had to send your 17-year-old over to fight a war in a country you'd never even seen before. This is not over. This is exciting as shit. This is an amazing time. <laughs> For all of you listening right now, I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're paying attention to this. And in case you're wondering who Frank Shankowitz is, go on Netflix or order a copy of the DVD if you still have one of those machines sitting around your home. Get a, a copy or watch, watch the movie Wishman that came out a couple of years ago. Fantastic story about, about Frank Shankowitz. But let me ask you this. I speak on stage. I talk to people. I write books. We publish books. We do all kinds of crazy things. And one of the things that people come up to me and say all the time is, I'm not smart like you. And I've heard this so many times over the past 25 or 26 years. I couldn't do what you do. I couldn't go out and do that. What do you say to those people today that don't believe in themselves enough? 
One, come to a breakthrough training. I teach a two-day training. I just got off a live with a girl who's changed my entire life, and I do that all the time. I will tell you that one of the reasons that you believe that is because you made a decision when you were younger. Somebody said something to you, or you got an F in school, and somebody said, oh, you're just a stupid bitch, and you kept that with you. I've come to understand through all my work with the human brain, and I've been doing this for almost three decades, whether it's NLP or hypnosis, that we operate not out of our first memory, but the decision that we made because of it. So I know we have to take a break in a second, but let me ask you, Sean, what's your first memory? No, I don't have an answer for you, but... Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I'm your host, Sean Suchak. Stick with us. We'll be back in just a moment. You're so bad. You're so bad. What would being a best-selling author do for you and your business? Massive credibility. Your brand launchpad. Celebrity. Over two-thirds of Americans want to write a book. Get yours published now and distribute it around the world. More exposure means more prospects. More prospects means more clients. Even better, you don't have to do it all alone. You've got the leading publishing and marketing team doing it with you. At Results Press, it's easier than you dreamed. Visit us today at theresultspress.com. You and I know you're ready for more, for the freedom that you were promised when you decided to become an entrepreneur. Sean Shuchuk is the number one results coach in the country, and he wants to work with you, but only if you want to achieve real and lasting results. If you want five times or ten times your income, and to do it fast, if you want that six or seven figure income, visit changeyourresults.com now. Send Sean a message and say, I want real freedom. I want to invest in myself and work with you. Welcome back. This is Results Radio, and we are here today with the Amazing, the wonderful, the always incredible Forbes Riley. Thank you for joining us today. I love how the host was the one put on the uh, on the spot just prior to the break, Forbes. Uh, let me ask you a question when it comes to what you've done over the years. You keep dating yourself with how many years and how many experiences and what was around at a certain point in time when you started this. There are a lot of people today that have said that they have been left out, whether it's their background, where they come from, whether it's education, whether whatever those conditions are, that the, the society and the world hasn't been fair to them. What do you say to those people? I'm going to say something. I'm going to go back for a second here because I want to show you do have a first. I want to do this with that. But see that your family knows you. Your radio listeners know you. And I want to show them something that no one's given anything in life. I don't care because it all comes down to how you want to perceive it. So just give me a first memory because I want to make a point to people. What do you think one memory, earliest memory might be? Is it, and do something, pick something positive so it's not freaky out here. <laughs> Go ahead, sure come on. not staging this? You know what? Well, I honestly, no, we're not. I'm gonna... one, of the, one of the first memories I, I ever have is I think when I was a kid, we didn't have lots of money, but I stretched stretch of the imagination, uh, was I remember my father buying uh, a home it was the first home he'd ever purchased. It was a piece of crap run down. The former owner had not taken care of the plumbing and was using garbage, little plastic garbage bags or whatever they were for, for a bathroom. And he purchased a, for $50 or $60, he purchased a tent trailer with a hole in the roof that we lived in. He renovated this shack. That probably how, one how of very, maybe three and a half, four. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what, it's funny, because you're watching your dad, you, he was probably pretty proud of himself. What was your decision about life based on that moment? I don't know if my decision on life was based on that moment, but I will share this. I, I mentioned a moment ago that we didn't have a lot of money, and not to say my parents or my dad didn't work hard. Grew up with a very, obviously, that scarcity or lack mentality, but that I would never be there again. And I've said this, even when and if I had kids, and I'm way behind the curve, I have a three and nine-year-old, 
And uh, one of the things I said long before they ever came along was they'll never have to go through some of the things that I did. And that wasn't necessarily a knock on my parents by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a decision about what the outcome of my life would be. That's not to say, by the way, for everyone listening, that everything's been handed to me on a silver spoon. I've had challenges. I've made mistakes. I've had losses. And it's, I'm one of those, I'll always say this, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'll always get through, even if I have to. Okay, you just answered the question for everybody listening. And what, you, what I'm going to tell them, so here's the deal. Something happened, and your decision about life was that you're never going to let that happen again. So you manage in your life to make things happen for yourself. You just actually said that you're not the smartest guy in the room, but you've still been successful based on that decision. Now, Sean, here's where most people go wrong. As little ones, turns out that they've been raped, molested, hurt, and somehow told they weren't enough. So, Sean, imagine going through life and your decision in the back of your head is, I'm never going to be enough. That's what I go in and I fix. That's one of the things that is fixable no matter who you are. It is the but way that you can a lot societal of norm because we're taught we should have a victim mentality. If something happens to somebody and they go see some kind of professional, there are a lot of cases where that individual is told, hey, you're a victim. And so we carry this. It's accepted today. That's your belief. I don't believe that at all. My, I've had completely different <laughs> beliefs. And this is a funny thing. But this is what's funny about beliefs. If you sell it out, what's in the middle of a belief is a lie. So if somebody's walking around going, oh, I think I, I don't deserve this or I'm not good enough, you know what? Let's just shift the lie and make you believe that you do get it. The funny thing about successful people and not successful people, they don't necessarily have to be the smartest bulb in the box or the most educated. They just want it and they believe they can get it. So true. For those of you listening today, Results Rated, this is really interesting. I love conversations where we get into what contradicts what most people think and believe. And as you pointed out a moment ago, Forbes, the lie in the middle of belief. There's a reality behind all of this, and we today would be in a better place. I'll share a quick story for those listening if, if uh, they haven't heard this before in Forbes Street 2. Uh, when my first book came out, I was on a talk radio show. It's a talk radio in Florida, the whole state of Florida. And about halfway through the one-hour talk show where I was being interviewed, I didn't realize there was a co-host had come on. And he said, hey, Sean, listen, he said, you sound very much like a Democrat. Now, let's be very clear. I never talk about politics, nor will I ever share what my thoughts or beliefs are, because at the end of the day, they're not relevant to what I do uh, and the people I work with and have the privilege to work with. But this guy came on. He said, Sean, he said, you sound like a Democrat. You know, there's something for everybody. And this is not long after the 2008 downturn. And what I had said that prompted him to jump into the conversation was, listen, no matter where you come from, what your background is, where you live, there is opportunity around you. You may not be aware of it because you're focused on the wrong thing and you believe that nothing exists and that you are uh, hard done by, that there is no opportunity. You lost your home, your car, your bank, whatever, bank account, whatever it is. Uh, but there is an opportunity. There is something you can do to turn your life around today, financially, mentally, spiritually, et cetera. And, uh, or something to that effect. And he came back and said, you know, that sounds very democratic. You sound like a liberal, et cetera. And it's really interesting how we think. And I responded, I said, listen, I won't have you do this because there's nothing political about this. This is about people that are in a really bad place because of what happened in the last couple of years. And this is 2008, 2009. I, I said, and for folks to realize that they have an opportunity right in front of them, although they don't realize it, we went on. And when we got off the air at the end of the hour, uh, he came back on the line. He said, I have never been ch chastised live on the air before, Sean. So I think it's really interesting when we start to think about what, if success means, and if we go 
way back to the 1950s, where Earl Nightingale's success, he said, is defined this way. It is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So what you said, oh, back about 15 or 20 minutes, Forbes, was what do you want? When you know what you want, you can go after it. I'll tell you something. So I did about 12 years ago a little fitness product. I had a resistance band slip off my foot and shatter my nose. And I found a product over in London that no one had ever seen before. And it was being used as a little office toy. And when I found it and I touched it, I said, this is the greatest fitness product ever. And the gentleman who had it said, no, not really. It's actually an office de-stressor. And I said, anyway, we're not making a deal in the middle of the night that said, look, I'll give you this company if you can sell 25000 in the first year. And I'd never run a company. I had no idea what I was doing at all. And I took this little product I call called Spin Gym, and I created an entire curriculum out of my head for it. Then I got lucky enough to land on a reality show. Only I didn't know that reality shows aren't necessarily reality. And so I spent five months in front of the camera pouring my heart and soul out. But they caught me. At one point, they had a little plastic one, and I said something like, I would never put my name on a piece of cheap plastic crap you'd sell for $9.99. Somehow they edited that to say I would never sell anything for $9.99. This show airs, and at the end of it, they actually made me cry. It was a bunch of guys who had no idea why a woman wants sexy arms or why a woman should be successful at all. I didn't know any of that. When I see it air in front of the entire country, I don't look very good. I wake up the next morning, there's 5,000 YouTube comments, and they're all hating on what I said that I didn't actually say, but they edited. And my partner rolls over and he says, wow, uh, what are you going to do now? I said, I'm going to make and sell spin gyms. He said, nobody wants them. He said, I said, they're wrong. And he like, looked at me and said, they can't all be wrong. I said, but they are. And I went ahead then and did something I've never done. I mortgaged my house and my kids' education and pushed all my chips in on a product that everybody told me would never go anywhere. 2.5 million of those sold later. And on home shopping, my best day was 64,000 in 24 hours. I got a $1.2 million check on a product nobody wanted. Then I'm standing at U.S. Customs at some point because we made some sort of trademark. Little, I didn't even do it. It was just some, a little mark. It's so you couldn't even see it that we ended up having to black out before they threw out my entire inventory and killed my business. I'm not talking about any of this is easy. Let me tell you something. When you actually tell the universe what you want, they'll challenge you for every inch that you do. They make sure you really want it. And that's what I've experienced. And I only tell people that I'm here because I've wanted what I wanted more than you did. When you can nail it down and go for it and push your chips in, then oh, and then you look like an overnight success. Isn't that funny? I love it. I love it. Listen, there's a lot of people right now, around the world for that matter, not just in the U.S. or Canada or the Western world, who have lost their jobs, who are furloughed, who are laid off. And I have received a lot of questions over the course of the last number of months since, since March, quite frankly, from people who say, listen, I've been thinking about it for a year, two, five, 10, 20 years starting a business. What do you say to those people? Don't Especially the do ones it. Especially the ones that are hesitating. Um, <laughs> let me tell you something. There's a big difference between starting a business and making money. One of the best things that ever happened to us, given that we're stuck at home, is the Internet. And if you don't know what the word affiliate marketing is, it basically means that you get to be a part-time salesperson for any product that you like. If you go out and talk about a product and say, hey, you know what, Sean, I really like this product, and you buy it, I will get a little commission. You can do that over and over again. I wake up, I make up, and I've got money in my bank account from places I don't even realize because I love talking about people's books or their products. They don't have to be yours. My advice to you is do not start a business if you've not done it before because the rules of business are complicated. It takes money to get your domain and get your LLC. and you have, Don't do that. Find somebody whose business is already working that you just love. You can do, maybe do network marketing, but I like affiliate because then you've got no responsibility. There's a freedom to this. And it's all over the Internet because some people's businesses are doing great. Promote those. And that's what I am committed to now. I'll just show you. 
how to be, that's what I've done my whole life. I've been a spokesperson for other people's products. Now you don't need a whole lot of training. I will tell you one thing you do need. You need to understand how to pitch, how to articulate who you are, why you're doing this, and what you want out of it. And I do this over and over again. Uh, we'll play a game. Sean, give me a profession, any profession. Coaching. Coaching. <laughs> All right. So somebody says, this is the worst thing. When I ask them, or, and they're like on a radio show, hey, what do you do? I'm a coach. Good for you. What do you coach? I don't, you don't say anything. Well, no, I'm a coach, speaker, and an author. You still didn't say anything. What you might want to say is, hey, Forbes, you know what? As one of my students did, I was repeatedly raped when I was in elementary school by my brother for three years. My mom didn't listen to me. And I will tell you, no one should ever feel that trapped in that silence. I'm committed to coaching women who don't think they have a voice to get out there and make something of their lives. That's a pitch. That's an introduction. When you learn how to do that, you're not just a coach. That's awesome. We do this a lot, and when I work with, with especially with entrepreneurs, and uh, incidentally, over the course of the last uh, seven or eight years, organically, we've started to work with a lot of coaches, which is why I threw that out there. And one of the things I've said for so many years is, you're a something, you're a nothing. So you just highlighted that. Thank you for that. Listen, we're, time is really going fast here, and I want to ask you, what all of our listeners right around the world today, they're listening to this, downloading it after the fact. What's one thing that every single one of those amazing people listening to our conversation today can wrap their head, heart, and hands around, take and implement the moment we stop speaking? That you need to look in the mirror and say two things. One, look in the mirror, say your name, say I love you. We don't ever actually do that. We do that to kids, to dogs, to other people. Look in the mirror and say, you know what? I love you. I love you for all the little wrinkles you got and the little belly you got from pushing out twins, Forbes, and your hair might not be perfect, and, but I love you, and you deserve everything. The second thing I would encourage you to do while you're in the mirror is say, repeat right after me, I hereby grant you permission to, and then fill in the blank. Because that's the thing we seem to be forgetting. You ask me if people should start their businesses as though if I said yes, oh, I grant them permission to do that. You don't need, you need your permission. I, I hereby grant you permission to lose that extra pounds, to leave the unwanted relationship, to start and dream bigger. Fill in the blank often and every day, and I will tell you, your life becomes so much better, and I wish that for everybody. I want to thank you, first of all, for sharing that. I think it's great advice and great information. If folks want to get a hold of you or want to learn more about you, where do they go, Forbes? Simply go to Forbes360.com. Kind of all around the world, everything I do is right there. Awesome. Listen, thank you so much for joining me on Results Ready today. It's been an absolute honor and pleasure to have you on the show. I hope everybody listening in the Results Radio community has been sitting there taking notes and take some of this incredible knowledge information that Forbes has shared with us. And don't just take notes. Actually do something. Actually take some action based on what was shared today on our show. This is Results Radio, and I'm your host, Sean Shuchuk. Join us for our next show. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Thank you for joining us today on Results Radio. Every show, we bring you the very best guests that share with you their experiences and expertise. Do whatever you have to do to join us for our next show. And visit us today at yourresultsradio.com. While you're there, get your copy of the Results Journal. Journal.